Pass. Good morning, church. It's good to be back up here. Getting a lot of me these uh, last few weeks, eh? It's blessing me and you. <laughs> um, as was said, my name is Sia, uh, and as with protocol when I preach, you know what's up. Uh, you like to say three things. You can say amen, ride that bus, and preach it. Um, I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. I have a lot more time than I did in the first service. Um, so it's going to be a good time together. Um, but let me pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Amen? Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can be in your house. Won't you open our hearts this morning? We want to be so sensitive to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. We know that you want to speak to each and every single one of us uniquely and specifically, wherever you might be on the spectrum of our relationship with you. But won't you have your way right now? In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amazing. So this morning I get to wrap up our confidence series. And if you're joining us for the very first time, we were speaking, we've been on a series for the last five weeks about confidence. We spoke about, about having confidence in God. Confident in the fact that the work that He begins within us, He is faithful to complete. Confident in our community. Confident to know that God is in control. Confident to be grateful and looking back at God's faithfulness that we might get the hop back in our step and the glint back in our eye. This morning I want to speak about what we do with all that confidence, or shall I say, head knowledge. Um, the funny thing in prepping this message, because I want to speak about this idea of confident to rest and or celebrate despite the circumstances we find ourselves in. Confident to rest or celebrate despite the circumstances we find ourselves in. And the funny thing is this week, this past week, uh, in prepping this message, must have been the most apply your own message to your own life ever in my life. Because um, last, so if you don't know, I have, I have rheumatoid arthritis. And on Saturday last week, oh, my hat, let me tell you something. Um, I had one of the worst flare-ups in the two years that I've had this thing. Um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, into Tuesday. It's like, let me try and describe it. Like, you know when, you, when you, something is like gnawing at your brain and you just want to bang your head on the wall because there's nothing you can do. So you just want to bang your head on the wall. Like, this week has been... Apply what you're going to preach. Apply, put this thing into practice. And I want to speak of that idea of practice this morning. Um, but I want to read a scripture first before I do that. Matthew chapter 8. You guys are... I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, let's rewind. How are we this morning? <laughs> are you guys all right? Are you guys caring a lot? Is it... Like, can I feel you? I'm not feeling you. Um, <laughs> okay, are you guys still with me? Yeah. Amazing. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The, the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Theologians have studied that portion of Scripture and that statement specifically and found that this is the first evidence to show that the disciples were actually black. Um, <laughs> if it's taking you a minute, it's okay. 
Ross, you can't make that joke. Uh, <laughs> he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was, com and he, and, yeah, it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? How many of us played sports in high school? Sports in high school, accurate way to say that. Um, I was uh, also a massive sports fanatic. Yo, I loved sports. Uh, any day of the weekend, your boy would be out here um, playing sports. Luckily for me, the academics didn't suffer in, in my love of sports. Uh, but recently, since 2016, I have fallen in love with a sport called basketball. Let's <laughs> go. Thank you. So, because I want to speak of this idea of practice, I started playing basketball in 2016. When, I, when you see me now, you wouldn't say that this, this guy's been playing since 2016. I may be the best player in church. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Dan Smith, I see you. <laughs> um, but uh, this idea of sports, if you think about it, you spend 90% of your time practicing more than you do actually playing. You practice more than you actually play. And that principle isn't for no good reason. Because here's what the coach wants to ingrain into your DNA, into your behavior when it comes to that specific sport. That the thing that you're, do, that you're meant to do, the line that you're meant to run, the way that you're meant to shoot, the way that you're meant to move off the ball, all that kind of stuff, is so ingrained into your DNA and into how you behave that you don't have to think about it when you do that thing. You just instinctively do it. When it comes to playing time, you can take what you've practiced and put it into practice. Now, whenever we see sports players on TV, we think, oh my gosh, what they do is so incredible. Bruh, they wake up and play with the ball their entire, like, for hours. Bit money, they'll be good. Like, there's no way you can't not be good. So, um, for example, 2016 is when I started. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the most amazing basketball player on planet Earth, but eventually you progress. Because in sports, they say, practice makes, which is not true. Because <laughs> none of us ever perfect at anything. But practice makes progress. Practice makes progress, which is why you practice, 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 practice. Look at your neighbor and say, practice. <laughs> so obviously now, even Michael Jordan, in all of his brilliance, when he started, I guarantee you right now, he would look at the ball. Everyone starts somewhere. But as he continues to practice, as I continue to practice, you get to a point of being able to bounce the ball without ever having to look at it. You can even move it between one hand or the other hand. You don't have to look at the ball because you've practiced. This thing is ingrained in how you play. And whether you and I realize this or not, how you practice is how you play. And this morning, I want us to think about the principles that we've learned over the past five weeks about confidence that we might practice those principles. And when the pressure begins to mount, when the waves come our way, what we practice will become what we play. How you and I practice will become how you and I play. But we need to practice that you might progress. <laughs> Thank you, boss. I mean, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the thing that you him and I say. Um, can you ignore that very quickly? <laughs> when you and I look at that portion of scripture that I read, 
um, of Jesus and the disciples in the boat. Jesus' response to their reaction to the waves coming their way almost seems unreasonable. Because up until that point, Jesus had obviously gone into the wilderness, come back, said, oh, come follow me. He'd done the Sermon on the Mount, healed a couple of people, spoken about the cost of following him, and then next they jump into a boat. So they haven't really had that much time with Jesus. So when, when he says, when they say to him, Lord, we're about to drown, and he's like, brah, why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? If I was him, oh, the, 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 the disciples, I'd rather say, brah, I met you two chapters ago. Of course, I won't have the faith because I haven't had time to practice the principles of faith. I haven't had time to practice. But their response and reaction to the waves is dictated by how and what they've practiced. Jesus had been practicing being the Son of God. So he can sleep in the middle of a storm. He can sleep when the waves are crashing at the boat. Because he is confident in his father. He is confident to know that his father is in control. He is confident in his community. He's practiced those things enough that when the stuff began to come at him and come at the boat or the thing that he was in, he can still rest despite the circumstance. I think it was last week that Ross spoke and he spoke about the pain that all of us are experiencing in church. I wonder if we could get to a point of being able to rest and celebrate despite the circumstances that come our way because we're practicing kingdom principles. And not only when the pressure begins to mount, because that's generally our response, hey? Stuff is not going well. Oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? What does the word say? Because we haven't practiced the principles, when things were going well, when things were seemingly calm. Are we cool? Yeah. I'm not hurting your feelings? <laughs> but we get to, from today, practice these principles. Put them into practice. Put them into practice. Here's what happened the, uh, that Saturday. So obviously Saturday was an absolute melt of a day. Like, I couldn't sleep. Sunday, also, like, in and out at church, so I had to, like, put on game face. Um, Sunday, also, up and down, melt of a day. And then at a certain point, I was like, okay, enough is enough. I need to put principles, kingdom principles, into practice now. So that evening, plugged in some worship, put in my earphones. I don't know how loud I was. <laughs> Ross, you can tell. Um, I don't know how loud I was, but I'm like, I need to worship in this moment. That Monday, can I tell you that I, I was fasting and praying for my arthritis the whole day, and it got worse. <laughs> what even? It got worse. But that evening, when I say to you, I got into a space of worshiping, being able to rest or celebrate in the character, the nature, the person of God, that it, even though it had gotten worse, and even though it was terrible, there was peace in my heart. There was peace in my heart. I was okay. I came to work the next day, and I like, you know, obviously it was a lot, but I wasn't distraught. I wasn't torn. I wasn't um, despondent at the fact that I'm still fighting this battle, even now. But I can very assuredly trust in the character and nature of God. He is still my healer, even if I haven't yet experienced my healing. But it takes me to practice my principle to get to that point. I need to practice kingdom principles. 
practice being confident in God, then when stuff begins to come my way, I can still rest or celebrate despite the circumstance. Here the disciples are and Jesus in the boat. Stuff coming their way. Jesus was living from his spirit. The disciples were living from their reality. See, when we practice kingdom principles that ingrain stuff in our spirit, then when stuff begins to happen or come our way, we respond from our spirit instead of react from our reality. That despite the wind or the waves, despite the stuff that comes our way, the pain that you and I experience, the pressures that you and I experience, the problems that you and I experience, the principles that you and I have practiced over the past six weeks and over the rest of this year can ground our spirit, that we might live from our spirit and not from our reality. Amen. Amen. I want the posture of Jesus that when the winds and the waves blow, I can sleep in my boat. And I'd like to believe that I'm not the only one in this room that wants to sleep in his boat or her boat. You and I can rest or celebrate despite our circumstances when we put kingdom principles into practice. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think on these things. Think about your confidence in God. Think about the work that He does within you. Think about your community. Think about the fact that God is still in control. Think about the fact that you and I get to celebrate or look back at God's faithfulness. Think about these things that you might begin to practice how to live them out. Think about those principles. Think on such things. Because Proverbs 23:7 in the King James Version tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Not all practice is physical. But we get to begin to practice thinking on such things. Thinking on those things. That, because what you think or how you think or what you think about becomes the way that you and I choose to live. Our thought life governs our behavior. So if you and I are spending our time practicing thinking about such things, thinking about our confidence in God, thinking about our community, thinking about that God is in control, I can almost guarantee that our behavior will resemble our thinking. But we need to practice the principles that we've learned. That not when the pressure mounts, that we jump on the, what do I need to do now? But we instinctively respond from our spirit and not react from our season. Amen. Amen. One of the, I've been through a lot in the last two and a half years. As some of you might know, I've ups and downs, left turns here and there. And the last time I preached, I told you that there are left turns coming our way this year. Whether we like it or not, or willing to accept it or not, there are left turns coming our way. 
and one of the most painful left turns that came my way a year and a bit ago was the loss of my sister. Traumatic experience could have possibly wrecked my relationship with God. I could not be standing here today. But I'd practiced enough to at least allow God the room to be the one that speaks into how I navigate that season. So I obviously I got away uh, for like a month and allowed him to be the one that speaks into that season. Can I tell you a funny thing though? Couldn't pray, couldn't worship, couldn't read my Bible, couldn't do any of those things, but all I was, I read a book obviously around that stuff, but here's what my spirit is saying. Even though it seems incredibly dark and incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly painful, still I'm going to allow you to speak even if I can't do the things that I've been doing for years. I'll allow God to be the one that tells me what to do next. When I say to you that a friend of mine same experience prior to myself, lost her grandmother. She would kind of like, you know, like in and out of church. Or, you know, she was an amazing person. Um, she lost her grandmother like three or four months before I lost my sister. She has not set foot in church ever since then. Not willing to have any conversation about God. Not willing to, to even broach that, sub, that subject because she just lost her faith in God. Now, obviously, even now and then, like, I try and probe and, like, initiate the conversation, but she just won't have it. The thing that she practiced when the pressure came is how she played. That's a, I mean, I'm not at all, like, looking down on her or saying that she was wrong or whatever. Like, we never get our, our circumstances how we want to. But my goodness, I would hate for any of us to ever get to that point. It breaks my heart to know I'm like, bruh, God is still so good. God is still so loving. God is still for you. God is still in control. God is still part of you. God is still God. I want to tell her all of these things, but I can't force that stuff down her throat. But I'll be there. Whenever she's ready to have the conversation, I will be there. But how we practice, when pressure comes, when pressure comes, become how we play. So we need to be practicing producing or whatever <laughs> before things get worse can we practice kingdom principles then when the pressure comes we will play like sons and daughters of a king amen one of my favorite portions of scripture that highlights this thing in the book of Acts uh, is Paul and Silas in prison. Have you ever been to prison? I mean, not, okay, wait, let me. <laughs> let me reword that sentence. <laughs> Have you ever been or visited a prison? Oh, gosh. People are like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's terrible here. Okay, anyway. So, um, unfortunately, I've also had visitors to prison sometimes. I thought you guys would think, oh, my gosh, she's been to prison. No. Um, of my cousin, my cousin uh, was a gangster. Like, he was a, like a bona fide thug. Um, and he went to prison. He was sentenced to prison 
many, many years ago. Uh, so we used to go visit him in prison. I don't know, it, oh, for those of you that might have visited, visited a prison, the atmosphere in there is like it's, you can feel it when you walk in. It is not a comfortable space. It is not a, like it's just, you can feel the weight of just negative energy whenever you walk into a prison. Paul and Silas, in prison, still choose to praise. Now, in that same environment, how? How do they get to a point of still being able to praise God in prison? You got a question, how, does, how do you and I begin to rest or celebrate in the midst of difficult circumstances? It's got to come from a place that goes beyond our own effort and strength. So it means that they were praising from their spirit. Their spirit was crying out to God in the midst of their high-pressure, difficult moment. You and I right now are in whatever season you, we might find ourselves in, good or bad. Each of those carry their own weight. But you and I can still choose to rest or celebrate when we do that from our spirit from our spirit. Here's what Galatians says. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Paul and Silas were walking by the Spirit, which enabled them to be able to worship God, praise God in a prison. You and I can praise God, can Rest in God, despite the circumstances that come our way when we practice our principles from our spirit. From our spirit. That we might begin to walk by the spirit. Amen? This year can be a good year, great year, average year, you and I get to decide that when we play our part, our role. Obviously, God is still in control, but my goodness, our resolve also plays a role. So I'm hoping that at the end of this message, we get to practice our principles, practice being confident in God, practice being confident in our community, Practice looking back and seeing God's faithfulness and His goodness towards us. Practice knowing that He is still absolutely good. Practice, 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 practice. That when the pressure moment comes our way, then when the waves and the winds blow, we can either rest or celebrate because we know that God is still in control. God is still God, even if the outcome gets worse or better. Our internal locus of control, our internal... um, Uh, spirit isn't determined by our external circumstances. But it's governed by the character and the nature of God. Amen, church? It's not a somber message. You guys are feeling very, very somber. Very somber. I want to wrap up with Psalm 23. Uh, 
probably one of the most famous psalms of David's. But if you, if you, okay, I'll read it and then I'll read it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. We can almost just stop right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You do not write that from good ideas. His spirit must have absolutely known that truth. That he can write that. The Lord is his shepherd. He lacks nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is David writing this thing from his... You can almost feel the, the attitude, the, like the weight in those words that, that he wrote. Like he didn't just scribble something down that sounds good. His spirit is writing these words. So imagine now waking up and reading this psalm every day this week. You wake up and you read this psalm and you almost pray this thing over yourself. You, your spirit resonates with David's spirit when he wrote this and you're like, I'm ready to, tack, to tackle the day. That no matter what can happen, you're resting and celebrating that you walk through the darkest valley, you'll fear no evil. Reminding yourself to trust in God. Reminding yourself to be confident in God. So I want you to close your eyes and I'll read this over us again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, we are so grateful that you are our good shepherd, that we can trust in your character. We can be confident in who you are, that as we read this over ourselves, that we can rest or celebrate, that we can get to a point of being able to rest or celebrate despite the circumstances that we face, because we know that you are in control. That the work that you've begun within us, you are, within us, you are faithful to complete. 
Holy Spirit, won't you begin to remind us of the things that we can begin to put into practice? Then when the pressure comes, we know how to play. Father, we are grateful for an ever-growing relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, before you rush off, there's going to be a prayer team here in the front if anyone would like some prayer about anything. And if you have some healing stuff that you want prayed for, come to the front as well. Um, but amazing. Tim Coffee outside. We'll see you guys next week.